Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Father, this morning we bring everything to you. The good and the bad, knowing that you can handle it. And we give you honour in this place, more importantly in our lives, in our homes, in our workplaces. We bring everything to you. We ask that you would take it and receive it as an offering of praise, an offering of thanksgiving. Father, we ask this morning that you speak to every person here by your spirit, the young and the old, the new in faith and the mature in faith. Lead us by your spirit, we ask in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Would you like to be seated, please? Thank you very much. Just have a little bit more lights if you can. Yes, thanks. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you. It's summertime. Fantastic. Anybody been on holidays? Yeah, a couple of people have been on holidays. I've been on holidays. This is my carry bag. I've been on holidays. Thanks very much, Quinn. Brilliant stuff. Um, Pastor Brad's on holidays at the moment, so that's why you've got Gigi and I today. Um, we're doing a bit of a tag team, so as... Uh, as uh, was mentioned, we will have communion at the end of, of Gigi. So you get like 45 minutes of me, you get to take a breath, and then you have 45 minutes of Gigi. Sounds good? <laughs> All right, you like the second part, not the first part. All right, that's good. Okay. Um, Pastor Brad last week spoke of you. I don't know whether the podcast is up or not. It'll probably go up in, next week. He talked about New Year, same God. And that actually God is still there and we need to find him in the new year. And uh, one of the things that he said that really impacted me was this, um, whatever season you are in, find a scripture and focus on it. You don't just see his goodness in good times. Now, I just want to give you a little heads up. Um, Luke uh, and I realized that we that Luke was going to, well, he knew for a while that they were going to do uh, Song of Ascents. He's probably known that for a while. I only found that out at about um, 8.30 this morning. Uh, and he only found out at about 8.31 this morning that I was actually going to mention that. So there's going to be a bit of duplication today in, in what gets said. Don't, don't think of that as human conspiracy. Listen into what the Spirit is saying to you. Because the Spirit actually works in... in sending the same message to you through different channels, all right? So I'm just giving you a bit of a, a pre-warning just to be sensitive to that today, that maybe this is something what God's saying to the church rather than something that Luke and I conspired um, weeks and weeks ago, which would not be the case. Uh, okay, so uh, whatever season you're in, find a scripture, focus on it. You don't just see his goodness in good times. See, Jesus lived in a culture that was very dependent upon natural seasons. Uh, he was with fishermen who could only sail on the Sea of Galilee at certain times. He talked about builders who could build, but not when the storms were coming because places would get washed away. He would deal with farmers who would go to spread their seed in the in the autumn time, in expectation that in a season and a half's time or two seasons' time, there would be a harvest. So he was very acquainted with that, and the people he was working with were very, very acquainted with that. Well, of course, Gigi and I have been on holidays. We went to Tasmania. Oh, I'll tell you what. We got out just in... Any Tasmanians here? Oh, phew, that's good. Um, we got out just in time. We left early in the morning on the 2nd of January. Thanks very much, Jess. Uh, before this happened, a, a severe heat wave warning for Tasmania. All right, maximum temperatures in the high 20s. Now, 
we, we may well laugh, and we did. Um, but two days before that, Gigi and I were at the top of Mount Wellington in Hobart, where it was three degrees, uh, and Gigi was wearing a puffer jacket and a, and a cap and gloves, and our tour guide who was with us had shorts and short sleeve shirt. See, in the natural, seasons are different for different people. We respond to seasons in different ways. Uh, so too in the spiritual and so too in the emotional, we experience seasons differently. Some person has some sort of severe emotional or, or spiritual problem and the person next to them think, oh, I don't know what the issue is. So we, we, one person's summer is another person's winter. And other people may not recognize the emotional or spiritual season that you are in, but you notice it. You know, some people just seem to uh, just go through life like it's like the endless summer. Uh, but other people seem to go through life like it's endless winter. Jess, can we have the next slide? Thanks very much. Uh, this is a picture of Jupiter. You, you, some of you know that I'm a science educator, so I kind of like to put a bit of science in. I don't have any problems with science. Uh, a picture of Jupiter. Anybody know what that big red thing is in the middle? The big red spot? It's called a storm. That storm has been going for at least 300 years, and the winds go anti-clockwise, so that way for us, uh, up to 600 kilometres per hour. So people have been living, well, if there was people living there, they've been living in that storm for 300 years. You know, there's people on Earth that sometimes feel like they've been living in a storm for 300 years. And, and, and that's a really dark and hard place to be in. But you know what? We need to recognise that while it's summer weather outside in this new year, each of us is in a particular season of our life and the others may not recognise it, but it may be a spring, a summer, an autumn or a winter kind of time, spiritually and emotionally. And unlike someone who's living on Jupiter, as unlikely as that may be, others may be totally oblivious to your season. But the other good news is it's unlikely to last 300 years. So this morning, I wanted to visit each of the seasons and just unpack a little bit about what it might look like in our lives, but most importantly, to find a scripture that if you're in that season, maybe you can hold on to today, just as Pastor Brad recommended. Let's start with summer. Okay, you ready for summer? It's a place of harvest. That's actually pretty good. It's great relaxation and rest, but it can also bring with it a risk of self-reliance. If, if some of you read your Bibles, which is a, always a good thing and recommended, if you read, for example, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, read them super fast, like from end to end, what you find is this amazing, odd circularity of life where the people of Israel would end up in a pickle, they would get attacked by their enemies, and all of a sudden what they would do is they would cry out to God. And in the process of crying out to God, God would come and rescue them. So they've gone from winter to a sense of optimism and hope. And then what would happen is they would start prospering and they would have this summertime harvest thing happening. And then as a consequence of that, they would sometimes become self-reliant. They would forget God. They would muck up. They would do goofy things. And all of a sudden, they would end up with this autumn cooling off. And guess what happens next? The enemies attack them. They find this winter. And then they're having to call out for God again to say, rescue me. 
You know, this process sociologists often refer to in which somebody comes to faith, for example, out of a dark experience and then moves into a place of, of being lifted up is called redemption and lift. What was found in, uh, in the early uh, 1900s, uh, amazing Holy Spirit revival went through the north parts of England in the poor coal mining countries and counties. Uh, and what they found there was that, um, uh, that as people turned to Christ, all of a sudden there was a change, not just in their spiritual sense, but also in their emotional, social and, and economic circumstances. The next generation were better off. The next generation were better educated. The generation after that um, moved out of those areas, out of those towns, out of those counties, uh, moved into better off, more affluent ones because they could do so which sounds fantastic. Unfortunately, the next generation after that grew up in a sense of self-reliance rather than God-reliance, and they fell away. How tragic that in the case of four generations, there was this falling away. Folks, if you are living in a summertime, you must make sure you do not become self-reliant, but that you remain God-reliant. Whatever season you are in, God-reliance is so, so critical. Pastor Brad suggested that whatever season you are in, find a scripture and focus on it. So I'm going to suggest to you that here's one that you might like to consider. Uh, Jess is going to put it up now. Thank you very much, Jess. It actually starts uh, Psalm 121 with these words, a song of ascents. Cue what was mentioned earlier by Luke. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord watches over you. Understand the sense of perspective. The Lord watches over you. So regardless of the fact that you may be in a summer period and you may be feeling elevated, understand God watches over you. There's still this sense that you need to be reliant upon him. Okay, let's transition to autumn. Autumn can be a time of discontent, restlessness, acknowledging that your summer may be over for now and perhaps uncertain about what the days ahead might look like. But it's also a time of faith. It's a time that refreshing will come. One of the things I really love about the parable that Jesus told about the sower who went out to sow his seed, and you might remember that some of it fell on good soil and some of it fell on dodgy soil. Sorry, that's my paraphrase. Uh, but that there was, but that the sower went out at the season of presumably autumn in expectation, in faith, that in two seasons' time, in five months' time, that there would be a harvest. To me, autumn time is a time where you actually ask God out of the sense of restlessness, out of the sense of not too sure what's coming up next, to say, God, what have you put in my hand and what can I sow into? What can I sow into the next generation? What can I sow into church? What can I sow into my family? What can I sow into my own personal development? What can I sow into I hold the opinion that faith is actually the currency that, that, that works in the kingdom, not, not what you've got. It's not the seed that's in the barn that makes the sower rich. It's the seed that's in the soil. What's been planted? What's been offered in faith? So for me, if you're in a time of maybe restlessness, maybe you're not too sure what's happening, make it a time of faith. Make it a time of sowing and trusting See, the reason for doing that is in belief that God cares. God rewards those that diligently seek him. New season, same God. Here's a word from God for those of you who are in autumn. 
it too starts off with these words, a song of ascents. And it's from Psalm 125, verse 1. It says, Those who trust in the Lord, thanks Jess, are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. So it's about time of trust. It's about time of believing that what you're going to sow is going to come back and reap a harvest of righteousness. Okay, ready for winter? This will, this will take a little bit of time. My wife doesn't like winter, so there we go. Some of you know that I like sailing. Winter time. You know what? In life, stuff happens. People die. Pets die. Things go wrong. We make mistakes. Relationships can get challenging, and sometimes they fracture. Jesus never promised a life without winter. We heard Luke talking about that today. You were born into winter, aren't you? Sorry, that was a little joke. Luke's, Luke's surname is winter, but it's not your destiny. Jesus never promised a life without winter. In fact, he told a parable about two builders, one of whom would build on rock and one of them would build on sand. And Jesus told this parable about how when the storms of life would come, the one that was built on the rock would stand and the one on the soil may not, the one on the sand may not, may not stand. And that he used that analogy to explain that those that build their lives upon his words and teaching, they will survive the storms. He didn't say, those that build their lives on my words and teaching will never experience storms. What he says is, the purpose of this teaching, the purpose of my words is so that you can survive the storms of life. So you can see through them. Believing on and acting on Jesus' words was not a way to avoid the storms of life. It was a way to survive the storm. So when the storms come, and they will, who will you trust in? Sometimes you just need faith and trust, call for help, help and wait out the season. Are you ready? Sometimes you just need to wait and help. There's a whistle and a light to attract attention. And you just need to say, here I am, save me God. Because I don't know what I can do next. And that's okay. That's not weak. That's smart. To not ask God for help, that's dumb. Now, while I have your attention, regardless of how old you are, I just want you to listen in to what I think the Spirit wants you to say. You never heard a, a word like this before with a person with a thing around their neck, but here we go. If you are in a winter season... It does not define who you are. You are deeply loved by God and saved and rescued. You are bought with a price. Regardless of the season you are in, that is not who you are. It's just the circumstances that surround your life at, the, at this time. Second thing is, if you're in the winter season right now, you know what it is? It's a season. It's not your life. It's a season. It will pass. You are unlikely to be in the 300... Uh, year storm of life it is a season 
I need rescuing from myself. Hang on. That was hot. Ah, but before we do that, let's have a word for those of you who are in winter. Thank you very much, Jess. Winter time. Here's our, another song of a sense. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where does my help come from? My help comes from myself. My help comes from everybody. No, my help comes from the, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Luke was right over this just a few minutes ago. I lift up my eyes. I just say, God, I lean back and I need your help. This is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for your help. In the storm, when the waves are breaking over you, it can help to remember how big God is, that God is the maker of heaven and earth. Can we have the next one? Thanks, Jess. There's another picture. That's earth from obviously a space away. Now you think about if you were in the storm and the waves are breaking over you, that, that seems perilous. But to God, who is the maker of heaven and earth, he understands. He sees. He is bigger than that. He has an amazing perspective, bigger than our perspective. All right. So start believing how God sees things and then putting your trust in him through the circumstances and the seasons in which you are in. All right. Winter has passed. Spring has come. And it is a time of expectancy. It's a time of hope. It's a time to make sure that our security is in the right place. It's a time to expect fertility and new birth and growth. It's also a time to plan, recognizing that you survived the last season. Whew, and that life has indeed gone on. It's a time of joy, prosperity, and apparent blessing. Yay. So let's have a, a word from the Psalms for that one. Thanks very much, Jess. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You'll eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. A song of ascents. A song, a song of ascents. Another song of ascent. We've been singing this song, a song of ascent. So I'm going to read from my notes. This is not modified in accordance with what, what Luke said. You might have noticed that each of the four psalms in the words that I've shared with you all start with this word, a song of ascent. The song of ascent were 15 uh, chapters in the Bible, as we have it. There's 15 songs that David wrote, uh, Psalm 120 through to Psalm 134. And they were written for... The pilgrims, the, the Israeli pilgrim, Israel, Israelite pilgrims who would go up three times a year uh, in uh, spring, in late spring, summer, and then again in autumn. And they would go up to worship for the three feasts that they would go up for. And as they would go up, they would sing together from these 15 songs. They kind of had, you know, the songbook was these songs of David. And so they'd sing them together as they would go up, bless us, the Lord. And they would, they'd have these family communion songs and up they would go. You know what? The amazing things about them is that they would sing these songs regardless of the season. So the songs were not about the season. The songs are all focused on how good God is, how big God is, that he is above all, regardless of our circumstances. He is the one, the maker of all things, who never stumbles or sleeps. I think this song, when you think about it, unpacks that really well. It's, it's not an easy song to understand in the first instance. But if you think about it, at times, as the song says, we will be in valleys and the mountains will be in our way. And other times, we will be on the mountains. Just going to throw that down there, guys, if you can look after that and that and that. That'd be great. In the highlands and the heartache, you're neither more 
or less inclined, it says about God, I would search and stop at nothing. You're just not that hard to find. So I will praise you in the mountains. And I will praise you in the mountains in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. In the highlands and the valleys all the same. No less God within the shadows. No less faithful when the night leads me astray. You're the heaven where my heart is. In the highlands, in the heartache all the same. Thanks, Shish. So regardless of the season that you are in right now, or will be in tomorrow. Praise God. Understand that he is the summit, or he is the experience that you are in. He is your security, regardless of whether you're in highlands or heartache. After all, he is indeed the one who leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. His right hand, his rod and staff, they will lead us and they will comfort us regardless of the season we're in. Sheesh. Yeah, amen. One of the things that, oh, I love that song, so many, for so many elements, and it took me a while to figure it out in my car as well, Luke, um, is that it's based on scripture. And as you sing it along, you're declaring the word of God and that's always going to do you good. And there's that word, ascents. So ascent actually means going up. And so for me, when I'm singing this, is actually a faith statement that I'm on my way up. I might be feeling right down in the deepest valley, but as I look up, as Rod's scripture talked about, I look to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. And as I look up, it's an ascent. I'm on my way up. And so I speak it out in faith. So, Jess, if we could have that clip to start off with, that would be wonderful. Thank you. What was that? <laughs> the weather. <laughs> Very peculiar. Don't you think? Yeah. Looks like the winds are changing. Ah, uh, change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but... Going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Ah! You see? So what are you going to do? First, I'm going to take your stick. No, 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 no! Not your stick! Hey! Where are you going? I'm going back! Good! Go on! Get out of here! <laughs> you gotta love Simba and Rafiki. Some great pearls of wisdom there. So, you know, Simba says, um, I know what I have to do, but going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. 
So some of us have had an absolutely glorious life. We've been raised in Christian homes. We've had a great life. It's all gone well. No issue. But others have not had that significant blessing and have a past. I mean, even those raised in lovely Christian homes, that you know, we all know their stuff. But sometimes we just run from it because we can't deal with it. And we just run from it. But in the end, it's going to stop us. It's going to catch up with us. The good news today is that you don't have to hold on to it. Your past does not determine your present or your future. You can deal with it right here, right now. And Jesus can set us free from that. We don't have to be held back by stuff in our past. I won't get into the Lion King story. Some of you know it, some of you don't. And that's not the point here today. What I want to illustrate is that your past does not determine your future. Nevertheless, we do need to deal with it because it will impact us. You don't have to be constricted and restricted by it. Sometimes it's not that easy just to let go of it. Sometimes as we pray and as we know that Jesus cleanses us and he sets us free, sometimes we actually have to go back and make amends. Sometimes we have to bring restoration. Sometimes there's actually nothing you can do about it. And so we have to move on. And the next bit in the clip says, Rafiki says, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. And there's an element of truth in that. You can't go back and change what happened. You can't unsay something that you've said. You can't undo something that you've done. You can't unhear something that you've heard. You can't do anything about it. You can't change it. You can apologise for it. You can ask forgiveness for it. You can make restitution. But you actually can't change that. It's done. And sometimes we have to leave it ask for forgiveness, do as much as we can, but then we actually have to walk on from there. Because if we hold on to it, we can't move forward. If we're hanging on to something in the past, we can't reach out to grab what's coming. And you might grasp hold of what's coming, and as you want to go forward, the past is holding you back. And at some point, you're going to let go of one of them. You have to let go of something. Let it not be what God's got for you. Let it be from the past. Let the past go. Simba says, (laughs) it still hurts. Yeah, it does. It does. Sometimes our past continues to hurt but it doesn't always hurt because as Jesus heals us as we cooperate with his Holy Spirit and allow him in allow him to smooth over that pain it dulls it goes and then it's just a scar It's not a scab that we keep picking at and causing it to fester. It's just a scar. It's part of who we are. It's like a badge of honour that Jesus 
has healed me from this. He's rescued me from my past. I've done everything I can to make it right. He's forgiven me. I have forgiven myself. And isn't that sometimes the hardest thing to do? To actually forgive yourself. Sometimes it's easier to extend forgiveness to someone else than it is to forgive yourself. I know for me sometimes that can be a struggle. It's like, Gigi, you, you know better. You know better than that. You know not to behave that way. And sometimes it's really hard for me to just go, you know what, I've apologised, I've made restitution, I have to forgive myself. Sometimes that can be a hard thing to do. And, and you know, when I'm saying this, it sounds like, oh, it's just so easy. It's not. It's really hard work sometimes to let go of that. Yeah, it's easy to come to Jesus. But sometimes we have to work on our thought patterns, on our programming of, well, going back to it, going back, reliving that experience, reliving that disappointment, rehearing those words of destruction, whether it be someone else's or your own. But Jesus does heal. Sometimes we need someone to walk with us through that as we are journeying in, in, in healing. Sometimes, as I said, we've got to reprogram how our thoughts go, how our mind operates. And some, it's good to have someone walking with you. And that could be a friend or it could be, um, you know, a, a, someone from church. Or it could be a professional practitioner who walks with you and works with you as you realign your mind with what God says about us. Eventually that pain does go and it's just a memory, just a memory and it doesn't evoke pain. And then Rafiki says, well, you can run from it or you can learn from it, the past that is. And you know what? If we do run from it and we keep running from it, at some point we have to stop, turn around, go back and address it at some point. So the further you run from it, the further you've got to go back to it. And sometimes that can take years, years and years of just holding on to hurt, holding on to past stuff. And we don't have to, folks. We don't have to. We can let it go. You know, you might be thinking, yeah, but it's just, it's, I want justice. Do you want to hold on to that? <laughs> It's not fair. No, sometimes it's actually not fair. Sometimes we are the aggrieved party. But there's nothing we can do about what happened because it's done. We can't go back and undo it. And so where are we standing now? We're in that point of where it's us and God. It's us and God. What am I going to do with my hurt? What am I going to do with my guilt? What am I going to do with my pain? Because if I hold on to it, it's going to fester and eventually it's actually going to be leaking all over people and it's going to cause me more pain. And so I would encourage each one of us to actually turn around and go back and deal with it. And as I said, you might need some help along the way or it might be instantaneous as Jesus comes and just floods your heart afresh. But that's between us and God. So if we learn from it, we actually don't experience that again and we become wiser and more whole. 
one thing that we do need to do in this space is not go back and relive it all the time. And it's tempting, but as we retrain our thoughts to move away from the pain, our brain actually develops new pathways. Now, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not an expert in what happens in the brain, but I do know a little bit. And I know that as we retrain our thoughts, new pathways can grow. It's amazing how God has made us and created us and fashioned us. But new neural pathways can grow. So I'd like to leave a few scriptures with us. The first one is 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 5 and it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And I was thinking on that, and this is one of my favourite scriptures when I get into that negative mindset. It's like, Shishi, bring every thought captives to, to the obedience of Christ. And I'm thinking of those negative thoughts that I'm spiralling into and I'm grabbing them and I'm bringing them captive to the obedience, making them obey Christ, where I'm, I'm, I'm reminding myself of what Christ says about me, about who I am, about his, his worth in my life, about who he's creating me to be. And that's an ongoing process as I learn, as I grow, as I forgive, as I ask for forgiveness, etc., etc. We all do it. But I was thinking, what are these weapons? I've never really sat down and like written them down or considered it. Just in all the years I've been a Christian, I've just quoted that scripture the weapons of my warfare are not carnal they're mighty through God what are the weapons I'm glad you asked the weapons that we're talking about in this instance are praise worship prayer faith hope there's a whole heap more but they're the main ones that I that came to me that when I was thinking about it and do you know what when we're in the valley when we're in Winter, do we really want to praise the Lord? <laughs> do we really want to worship? Do we want to pray? Do we want to read our Bibles? I don't know about you, but when I'm in winter, I just want to eat and be left alone. I want to wallow in my misery because I deserve it. <laughs> this is just me. None of you would ever feel like that. And I don't want to be around people. <laughs> I love people. But when I'm in winter, I actually am a grumpy bear. And you know what grumpy bears do when someone pokes them? Rawr. And that's what I'm like. Isn't that right, darling? In winter. <laughs> oh, I've been living summer all my life. <laughs> so, you know, this is contrary to what the Word of God says. This is when I need to be praising. This is when I need to be worshipping. This is when I need to be reading my Bible. This is when I need to be fellowshipping and not isolating. And it's really hard sometimes. It's really hard. 
But if we're looking at a song of ascent, we actually have to be doing the walking up. God doesn't do that for us. We don't suddenly wake up and we're in a new space. We actually have to do it ourselves. Not in our own strength, but Jesus comes and walks with us. That's what a song of ascent is all about. It's actually going up again. It's lifting my eyes from my own pity party and lifting them up to God. Where does my help come from? My help comes from God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, who I trust, who I love. So if we can go to the next scripture, Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So for me, when those thoughts in my winter season come, and I don't want to praise and I don't want to worship and I don't want, you know, you know the drill. When I don't want to do all that, I have to bring those thoughts captive. I have to start thinking on whatever is good, whatever is true. What does God really say about me? He gave Jesus his son so that I could have a fruitful and productive life. So that I could be in fellowship with Father so that I don't have to live in the valleys all the time. And when I am in the valley, I walk through it. Valleys are not meant to be a place where we settle. We walk through it. Sometimes it's one step at a time, but we walk through it. And we're not looking at the ground, we're looking up in our ascent. That's where we're headed. You know, wherever you are focusing, that's where you're going to be going. Have you, don't you, have you ever been looking somewhere else and you bang into something? No one would do that. I did that the other day and fell over. It was really embarrassing at the shops. It's like, oh, did I fall over or am I now of the age where I had a fall? It's like, there's a difference. I'm calling it I fell over. I tripped up over a step that I didn't see because I was looking somewhere else. So if we're looking down in the valley, that's where we're going to be headed. If we look up... We can see ahead and that's where we're focusing our direction and that's where we're headed. So where we focus is where we're going to be headed. So whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, think on these things. These are two scriptures that I come back to time and time again to reprogram my thinking pattern so that I don't go back to the past because it's done it's done and so my final scripture this morning Philippians 3 verses 13 and 14 brothers and sisters I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it so there's a whole bit at the beginning of the chapter that Paul's talking about about all these things that you know, we should be and we should believe and so on. And he says, well, I don't, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. Anybody else not quite there yet? Okay. But one thing I do, <clears throat> forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize 
for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm forgetting the past. I've dealt with it, done what I can. I'm leaving it there now. And I'm pressing forward for the prize for which Christ Jesus has called me heavenward. Now, yes, that is going to be with Jesus when we die. Absolutely. What else has he called us for? What else has God called you for? Because here's the thing. You weren't an accident. You didn't just happen. God created you on purpose for purpose. And what is that? When we find that, that's our focus. That's where we're headed. That's our direction. Forgetting the past, pressing towards it. If I could have the worship team back, please. And if you have your double-wrapped communion cup, if you could grab that, that would be great. So Rodney talked about seasons. Oh, this one doesn't have the bread. Thank you. (laughs) Somebody's had a little snack. (laughs) Gluten-free option indeed, yes. So here we are at the beginning of 2024. It's our second Sunday. It's a brand new year. And at this point, I just would love us to pause. Where are you looking? Where am I looking? Am I tempted to look back in the past? Let me encourage us to look forward, forgetting what lies behind pressing toward the prize for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me for. Sometimes we can get distracted from the call that God's put on our life through circumstances and stuff. How are you going in that call? How are you going in that call? Are you moving towards it? Or are you trapped in winter, hoping for spring? I encourage us this morning to determine in our hearts to put Jesus first, to praise, to worship, to read his word and let it become part of who we are, to pray, to have faith. You know, faith is an active, it's a verb, it's something we do. God has given to us, each one, a measure of faith and we grow it by activating it, by operating faith. And hope is linked to that. Hope is that expectation, that confident expectation that things will get better. So at the outset of 2024, if you're in a winter, Allow hope to take hold of you. Allow faith to be stirred within you. Allow God to speak to you. So if you're comfortable to close your eyes and just hold on to that communion. If you've not made a personal commitment to Jesus or if you're not familiar with communion, 
and you're not comfortable with it, that's absolutely fine to just not, not unwrap it. But if you'd like to begin your walk with Jesus, we'd love to help you. And while everyone's got their eyes closed, if that's you and you want to say, you know what, I want to start my walk with Jesus today. I want to leave the past behind. I want to start afresh. If that's you today, while every eye's closed, if you'd like to just pop your hand up. I'm the only one with my eyes open. Thank you, I see your hand. Anyone else while we're here in this moment? No pressure. Thank you. You know, you might already be a Christian and you've been walking through winter and you might be in a situation where you're just just not sure about God anymore and you might have wandered off course thinking you're on your own and if that's you today and you want to go, you know what, I just want to start afresh today, I want to close the past behind me and I want to start afresh today, if that's you, if you just pop your hand up, you want a fresh start today, thank you. You can pop your hand down. Anybody else saying, you know what, I'm starting 2024 on a new path. I'm focusing on my song of ascent. I'm going up. I'm going up. I'm following Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No pressure. So what we're going to do now is... We're going to take communion. And before we do that, I'm going to pray. And we're all going to pray this prayer together. And if you were one of those people who popped your hand up, then your heart will be pounding as we pray this, because this is reality. This is you making a decision to stand for Jesus, to get back on track and walk with him. So let's all pray this out loud together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have called me. I thank you that Jesus has died for my sins. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And I ask you to forgive me and help me to be all that you have created and purposed for me to be. I accept you now. Amen. As we take the wafer... Let's remember Jesus' death and resurrection. And as we drink the juice, we celebrate the power that Jesus' blood has to set us free from sin and death. Let's drink together. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us, that you've touched our hearts today. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for us, that you rose again and that you're coming back. And Lord, I pray for each one of us as we step into whatever season you are walking us through, we know that you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. Thank you, Jesus. 
So I'm going to hand over to the worship team. And at the end, if you would like prayer, we have our prayer team ready. We'd love to pray for you. Those, those of you who popped your hand up, be brave today. And if you'd like to come down and, and we'd love to pray with you, no pressure, but we will linger for a bit afterwards and we'd love to catch up with you and, and really pray with you. Thanks, Luke.